Hey dudes, this is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargett. I hope we didn't burn you out on soccer, but of course it was trophy week. They gave out trophies. We had to talk about them. They were definitely big games. But we're hoping to cleanse your sporting palate today with something a little bit different. That's right, we're talking about the Summer X Games, the increasingly more difficult-to-find action sports competition on your television. Nick Courage joins the show to discuss the men's and women's skateboard competitions. We also talk about sexism in the skating industry and the incredible stylings of a few skaters that we've been watching for near 20 years now. The big air gold medalist Bob Bernquist and Andy McDonald. We were pretty disappointed in the overall production and quality of these skate competitions in this X Games. So I think we'll go ahead and we'll put a few of the highlights and a few of our other favorite skating moments in the episode description at biggamepod.com. So go check that out. All of the competitions are also hosted on ESPN.com or the ESPN app player. So if anything we talk about strikes your fancy, go ahead, log on there and check it out. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, Nick, welcome to The Big Game. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you on to talk about the X Games 2015. Took yeah. place in Austin, Texas this past weekend. Three days of skateboarding, BMX, motocross, rally car, off-road trucking, my new favorite sport, uh, and plenty <laughs> more. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show because you're a skater. You've written mm -hmm. about your experiences for places like the Paris Review and also in your novel, The Loudness, available now wherever books are sold. So primarily, we're going to talk about skate. But first, uh, did you catch any of the other X Game competitions this weekend? Uh, yeah, I accidentally caught like about five seconds of motocross while I was scrubbing through to uh, the men's street skate finals. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> I also saw uh, what I think they were calling the skateboard BMX Big Air Doubles Finals. I watched the hut, and that was a completely ridiculous event where um, I thought it was going to be something where uh, the Big Air ramp is like an enormous mega ramp. Um, and I thought maybe there would be a BMX rider on one side and a skateboarder on the other side, and they would sort of cross paths uh, <laughs> in the middle during the leap and like high five or do backflips or something. Make but it, it was just sort of, yeah, it was just the BMX guy went first, and then on the other side, he had a buddy, and after he was done, the skateboard buddy went. So it was sort of a, a non-event for me, anyway. Yeah, I, mi I missed that one. I did, I did catch the Skateboard Big Air, which, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But what I want to mention first, which was definitely my, uh, my favorite discovery of this X Games, was off-road trucking. Because, <laughs> you know, I plugged in to watch the uh, Street Skate Final and that was, you know, loaded up front with like two hours of the off-road trucking heat one, two, and then like the like uh, losers qualify round and then the final. And that stuff was just nuts. Like, and, and I realized like I've never been like a NASCAR fan or a Formula One fan because I can't sit there for, you know, three or four hours and watch people race in a loop infinitely. Um, right. But when it's only like 10 laps or 12 laps, like that's easy. I could watch, I could watch that all day. And, and you did. Yeah. And I did. I watched it for like two hours. <laughs> and, but, I, but also it kind of connected to, to my past a little bit is, you know, my dad loved Rusty Wallace, who used to be a NASCAR racer. He's a, he's a hall of fame NASCAR racer. And I, I saw that his name like scroll across the bottom, like right as I was about to skip forward to the skateboarding, I saw Rusty Wallace and I was like, wait a minute. 
that Rusty Wallace is going to race off-road trucking on the X Games in 2015? I need to watch this. And I did, and he rolled his truck, and it was pretty great, and I recommend everyone go watch that. Rusty Wallace is a great name for an uh, off-road truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Rusty. So let's let's jump uh, before we jump into skate. I want to talk a little bit about the production quality of the X Games. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if you felt this way, but I was just extremely disappointed uh, across the board, top to bottom, every cliche that you can think of here. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you know, I, I turned it on Friday morning. Uh, I work from home, so I you know I get the the leisure of watching these things live, and so I tune in at nine thirty to watch the the vert, the skate vert. And it's not on ABC, it's not on ESPN, it's not on ESPN2. It's buried on the Longhorn Network, a subdivision of ESPN. And then, like, in between, like, Skate 1 and Skate 2, or Skate 2 and Skate 3, or, like, whenever the final version of, of the vert was, it mm-hmm. just cut to fishing for 15 minutes. <laughs> so, okay. so just overall, like, the, like, trying to... And then I just stopped trying to watch it live because they weren't even showing a lot of the competitions live on TV. Um, you could watch them on online on the ESPN3 app. And I want to talk about some really great hot mic drops that some commentators made when they weren't uh, supposed to be aired. But then uh, I just caught some of the replays online. And just, it just much like the Winter X Games, it felt like ESPN has totally ignored this you know, uh, bad stepchild of, of a sporting event and don't really care about promoting it at all. I mean, how did you feel about the way that the X Games was portrayed? You know, it was really funny because I was comparing it to the Winter X Games, and I thought the Winter X Games had a much better production quality, and even that sort of at the time, I remember thinking was a little bit laughable. Um, So I completely agree with you. I do actually, um, I love, I didn't see the cut to the fishing, but I think that's a great service. Maybe Maybe they thought it was too exciting for some of their older older viewers like myself. Um, so I do love that. What what was sort of what was interesting to me um, was uh, during the women's street final specifically, which I thought. I mean, I could be completely wrong about this, I, uh, but it seemed like it had slightly worse camera work than um, any of the other all-male events, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, they just didn't even really care. Um, so in the street course, there's there's like a wall and a platform. And when the men skated, it seemed like they would like sort of cut to another view mm-hmm. so you could see what they were doing. And when the women were skating, there was like a good 15 seconds, like when they were doing trips, tricks, where you just didn't <laughs> see we just didn't see them and the commentators couldn't see them either because they were watching the same view, you know, and they would be saying things like, well, let's, let's see if she lands this. Let's see if she makes it out to the other side. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed the same thing. I mean, it wasn't as bad in the men's street final, but there were a couple shots where, you know, somebody's like, uh, I think it was one of the guys was going onto the roof to jump off of the roof, but the camera just kind of like was panning the wrong way. And so then it just like showed like the inside of the room like where the roof yeah. was on top of and so you couldn't see the skater anymore. But yeah. as for the commentary, like I love Tony Hawk and I think he was underutilized in in throughout the weekend. Um, I, I like how critical he is and I like how knowledgeable he is, but putting him together with the guy that's supposed to, you know, set up the story and, and move thing from step A to step B, just he never he never like talked enough and that kind of disappointed me. Um, throughout the entire competition as the commentary was like, I wanted to know what certain tricks were 
and they'd either just ignore it and move on to the next one. Um, yeah. I will tell you that I didn't even realize that Tony Hawk was a commentator. <laughs> Maybe I'm a more <laughs> casual internet viewer. Um, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't even catch that, which you, is it's you, pretty you funny. You didn't hear him say Narjar 8,000 times? You know, I heard somebody who sounded like a 16-year-old, like, uh, California cliche saying Narjar a billion times. I didn't realize that that was skate icon and personal hero Tony Hawk. <laughs> yes, uh, I hate to break it to you, Nick, but that was that was Tony Hawk. So let's jump right in then to uh, the Vert competition, which, why yeah. is this called Vert? Why is this not called, like, Halfpipe? Yeah, or like, you know, a lot of skaters these days are calling it transitional skating because you're skating from a flat to a ramp. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they still call it vert. Interesting. Yeah, well, so what did you think of the the competition? So I, I was kind of disappointed in that there were only three runs and then that was kind of it. And then they moved on to Big Air. And, you know, Big Air is where the guy comes down and basically does two tricks. But, you know, vert, you have... 30 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever to kind of land as much on the half pipe as, pof- as possible, which to me is like kind of infinitely more interesting than big air. But it seems mm-hmm. as if the organizers of the X Games just didn't really care about it too much. They just yeah. kind of rushed it in there. I mean, Bucky Lassick was the first guy to go and he didn't even really care that he was there. He just wanted to get out of there so that he could go race a rally car. I think he fell every time on his first trick. Is yeah. that true? I think yeah. almost almost everyone fell on the first run. And then on the live hot mic feed, uh, not Tony Hawk, but the other guy, he says uh, under his breath, land a run, win a medal, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so I will tell you that I am extremely biased. Um, I don't love... Um, vert skateboarding i think it's a little bit boring mm-hmm. um i think that there's definitely uh, a lot of cool tricks that happen but every all of the sets here all of the runs ran into each other it's sort of how much spinning can you do without falling it doesn't seem much different than the snowboarding in the winter x games um and i think that the commentators sort of felt the same way they would um i don't know if you noticed this but whenever anybody kind of messed up their run or were forced by some sort of error into doing a different trick, um, they would get really excited. Mm-hmm. And they would say things like, uh, what are some quotes? They would, say things, they would say things, one comment which I thought was kind of funny, and I have no idea if it has any, any basis in fact, when the ramp is hot and sticky, it makes your truck feel looser. Trucks, <laughs> which, which I was like, does it? That's weird. Um, so there was a lot of talk like that, but then they would say like, yeah, that was really, this is the same run, but way sketchier and much more difficult. That's impressive. Like they would get really excited when the run would stop being this sort of technical display and start being a little bit, um, I don't, I don't know, like yeah. weirder 15 improv. Improv yeah, yeah, improv. And that's where it starts getting exciting to me as well in general. And so with Fert, there's just not as much possibility of that happening. Obviously, if you make an error when you're, you know, uh, five feet above the coping of an enormous ramp, uh, there's a possibility of breaking your arm, which all of these guys had like, when they cut to the next skater, they were all wearing wrist guards and had broken their arms recently or had recently had surgery. So yeah, Bob um, Brinkwist competed and won a gold medal on a on a broken forearm. He had to cast the entire time. He won. I think he won two gold because I think he got the gold in the um, BMX skateboard big air. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, no, I agree with you in 
it, vert can be a little bit boring. Like I, I think there's definitely something about youth versus experience. I mean, there were some like 14 year olds out there kind of basically going out as fast as they can and trying to just land a 900 every single time. And that to me is not very interesting. Um, but I did kind of like watching some of the more veteran skaters that have been doing yep. this for 20 plus years. Bob Burnquist, we already talked about Andy McDonald. I really liked watching their runs, but I feel like the the judging is I, I had this problem with the Winter X Games, too, is I don't think they really it's too subjective and they don't really explain their reasoning all that well. And like you were saying, like it's pretty hard to land a perfect vert run because you're just, you're just doing so many tricks and they're so difficult. And I think they just, they kind of knock off points, it seemed to me, and I just kind of maybe couldn't understand, you know, the difference between, uh, you know, an 85 and a 70 when I thought, you know, the 70 looked more interesting. Well, for me, the whole premise of judging skateboarding on a point system seems like a little bit suspect to begin with. <laughs> um, so especially when, you know, like a lot of the times, they don't in the vert. They knew more what was going on. There was a there was a moment in the park uh, park competition that I guess I shouldn't get into too much now, but where like somebody was freestyling a little bit, and the guys, the commentators, were just saying, "Uh, that's uh, uh I guess we'll call that a, like a gem gem jammer, like just making up on the fly." <laughs> and it's like, well, how do you score that, you know? And especially if they like it when somebody misses a trick and then recovers, and they're like, "This is this is way cooler. I love it when it's sketchier." And then you have, uh, you know, my favorite part of this entire segment, the vert, was when Steve Cab. Uh, they cut to him. He's one of the, the the judges, and he's like an enormous skate icon. And he's sitting there in a Kangol hat with a big beard, and he looked like Santa Claus, <laughs> just sort of the arbiter of the whole thing. And I was like, you know, whoever Steve likes is going to win this thing. Yeah, it kind of felt that way. I mean, there, I remember there was a point where. Basically, the commentator said, like, uh, yeah, we liked this run, but we liked the other guys run better. And that's why we docked yeah. him a point just to yeah. just so that they could have their their podium look the way they want it to. And I think there's just something, like you said, totally suspect about that. But what I think the X Games could really improve on is just if they talk you through what's happening a lot more. Like for me, it's really difficult uh, to pay attention and kind of see when riders are switching their stance from a regular to a goofy foot. And, you know, I just... I know that that makes tricks incredibly more difficult and yep. if they could do a better job of just kind of pointing out when a trick or when a setup to a trick is going to be difficult and maybe what about the flip or the spin or the hold or whatever made it more interesting. And I think they did that a little bit. They did that um, in very specific detail to Bob Burnquist's big air gold medal run, which I, I liked and they were trying to explain why his technical ability was much better than the, the kid that put the 900 down. Um, yeah. I just think they could have carried that throughout the entire competition a little bit better. So here's going, going back just for a moment to sort of me thinking that the scoring system and uh, scoring skateboarding at all is a little bit suspect and weird. And I think that probably most people who are involved in sort of an iconic way with it feel the same way. Maybe not Tony Hawk because he, he's such a sort of uh, score guy. But, um, <laughs> but like... The most most of the technically proficient runs in the vert in the vert uh, competition were like just super super boring and robotic to watch. And then my favorite was Andy McDonald, who uh, they said he was forty one years old. He was sponsored by MovieTickets.com, which was like <laughs> completely ridiculous. His last gold medal was in nineteen ninety eight. His runs for me were amazing and I don't know if that's nostalgia to like watching skateboard videos in the 90s 
Um, or if he just seemed like he had a little bit more heart, maybe I love the underdogs. Maybe he was a little shakier, which made it more exciting. But there's something to be said for um, the, X, the X Games as a whole for me, the, the sort of the skateboard portion, were really boring. Um, and skateboarding in general is, as a culture is really about personal style and, uh, and to sort of not, not judge on style and aesthetic and, uh, and, and there's other things that sort of come into skateboarding culture on the street. Um, it just seems, it seems really weird and it doesn't seem like it's connecting with people to me. You, you know what? I, th- I think I can pin down why you and I both liked Andy McDonald's run. And cause I'm looking at my notes and it was one of the few times that I actually, I tried to write down as much as quickly as possible when Tony Hawk was saying what he did. And I think it's that Andy McDonald did board tricks on the vert ramp. He did a kickflip indie into yeah. a rodeo, which was really impressive. And then on, on his second run, uh, you know, it was really smooth. He got a lot of air. He did some big spins, but he also did a board flip and then he did a, uh, a lip stand at the end. So I, th- and I think like you were saying, it's like this kind of like expressive style where it's, it's a little bit of everything. And I think maybe the judges don't weight that quite as much. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, he also looked like a skate, like a skateboarder. He didn't look like he was in the Olympics which for me goes a long way with skateboarding because it's so much about the culture for me. So when you get a guy who looks like he's straight out of like uh, the nineties and like off the street in the lower East side from, uh, from some skate park, getting on a, getting on a ramp and doing some rad rodeo, that is much more compelling to me than these sort of uh, tricks that are done with such precision and automation that they cease being the skateboarding that I kind of am familiar with. Yeah, starts something sort of otherworldly. Yeah, well, so let's let's move then into the skate park final and then the street skate final because I think I found a little bit of that in each of these. What yeah. did you think of the uh, the skate park final? And for for listeners at home that haven't seen this, this is kind of the big pool uh, with all of the different kind of obstacles and walls and stuff kind of on top. But you know, skaters kind of riding in and out of the pool and, and big, making uh, big jumps like a gap to gap. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's funny because I think you and I have watched skate videos before, maybe the Death Wish video or something before we went skateboarding. And I can watch street skateboarding um, as videoed uh, on the on the sort of like promotional videos that brands put out. I can watch those for hours on end and just be completely spellbound. Yeah, especially and when they put a good song behind it. Yeah, yeah, and. I, and there are so many people who make their livings as skate photographers. Sort of, they they get on the board in front of the skateboarder and hold the camera backwards. And I think it speaks to the production quality that this street skateboarding competition was so incredibly boring to watch. Where when when I can watch sort of like a, a skateboarding video for hours and hours, it seemed it seemed really. Um, that seemed interesting to me, and I'm not sure that there are other sports where the live competition is more boring than like a promotional video about the sport. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it it seems to me is that you know what's so impressive about those recorded videos is is guys putting down insanely difficult tricks yeah. where maybe they're taking you know ten or twenty takes to get it right, and then but I mean oh, oh, I did like this in the street skate final. I believe it was um, was it Alec uh, Majerus, and he put down. Mm-hmm. He had one really great trick in his run, which was uh, he ollied onto the rail and then he grinded down. And then as he was coming out of the grind, he did a, uh, a pop shove it and landed on his board like like in like just instance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but but then he did it like four more times and he bailed each time and it just kind of like, well, if you bail once, then you're not going to win the competition. So I'm just going to zone out until the next guy runs. Well, for me, too, I think that the idea of this sort of street, street competition is funny to me because skateboarding to me and skateboarding, as you sort of read about it in, in magazines like Thrasher or Skateboard Mag or, you know, uh, in the lifestyle videos these brands put out. It really is isn't about getting a million tricks in a row. Um, it's sort of skateboarding is trending that way. There are websites like the barracks where they have trick competitions, but the skateboarding that I know is really about falling a lot and (laughs) and getting back on the board and trying the same trick again. And it's not about like linking together a million tricks without falling. Um, so I think it was really funny. One of the things I noticed for this street competition was that there's one guy, Nijah, who we can talk about. Uh, he's sort of a problematic and skater and also, uh, I guess, metaphorically interesting for skateboarding. But as a subscriber to some of these magazines, like all the big names in skateboarding that I know who were in the, um, who, who were sort of there and didn't make it to the finals, they didn't make it. So there was like Aaron Jaw Smokey, Riley Hawk, David Gravett, Austin Gillette, David Gonzalez, who was skater of the year uh, this year or last year, oh, last year. And then Ishad Ware, who is skater of the year um, this year. Like these are amazing skateboarders and sort of becoming iconic skateboarders. And I think there's something wrong with the X Games when the most celebrated skateboarders don't make it through into the finals of the competition. Like maybe the competition is the competition is flawed for sure. The competition is it's not it's like not representative of skateboarding. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and I will I mean I will disagree slightly because I liked Nigel Houston's run a lot. I liked watching him. I, wa- yeah. I liked watching how uh, perfect he was. And he, and he did the same run, you know, all five times, uh, yeah. w- which was fine. And I guess that's what you have to do in order to score well on this is you have to know it, you know, like the back of your hand. Um, but, you know, there were a few things he did and then he did uh, in the run that I really liked is, is you know, he'd start it out and he would go up uh, one quarter pipe and then he would do a 50-50 grind down to the other side and then he would come over a box and he'd do a little kickflip. And, you know, there was, there were some things in there that I really enjoyed watching. And it's really amazing that he could do it with this like robotic precision to get up on these rails and then come down and land it and, and look like it's nothing, like just landing it so smoothly. Um, and, and so I'm really impressed by that, but I totally agree with you in the other sense is that, you know, there were people doing pretty cool stuff out there and just because they fell once or twice they got docked. I mean I think there probably could be another version of this competition that is maybe a little more interesting for fans like us. Yeah. Well I mean I just think that ninety percent of skateboarding is falling. I mean that's like sort of that's the thrill of skateboarding. <laughs> that's uh, true. I think I think one I thing mean, that's I'm, kind I'm impressed at the way that these guys can fall because the yeah. big the big air falls I I, I can't even talk about it. It's so insane. I mean, they're 20 feet. They have 20 feet of height and then they're coming down. And if they lose their board, they're just free falling into onto like a hard wood curved thing. And like you have to you have to know, like you have to practice how you're going to land and take that. And it's they look it looks like a rough bump. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're doing it with like a, a broken hand or, you know, I imagine some of these guys have broken so many bones that they're hands are sort of like lobe fins. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I noticed, and I'm curious if you noticed this too, is that it seemed to me, and I know that they kept saying that it was really hot out there in the park, but it seemed to me that there was just like a complete lack of energy 
um, or there were a few moments. So like when uh, Ryan Sheckler, after the buzzer went off, he went and jumped off a ledge anyway. Yeah. And he felt sort of like, yeah, this is awesome. But I, I, I got this impression that people were just kind of like doing it, just doing it. There wasn't like a, a ton of enthusiasm. And then and they would cut to the skateboarders afterwards and they would be sort of like, looking a little bit, uh, usually they had fall, fallen down to so be like looking a little bummed out and sweaty. And then they would, there would be this moment where they would remember to, um, shout out their sponsors. So they would like put the, the monster energy hat back on and like, or put their van skateboard like right in front of the camera. But there's this moment where they were like a panicked moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that I yeah. felt like had a little bit of desperation. I, I think that was definitely there. Uh, but it definitely, it wasn't for all of the skaters. I remember when when, Ber when uh, Bob Bernquist put his big air run down, he looked super pumped and he like got on the golf cart that like takes them back to the elevator and he was like rocking it up and down. And the same thing, like he put up that score and then Elliot Sloan came down and, and landed finally, like on his last run, landed the trick yeah. that he wanted to pull. And that guy just looked ecstatic and then was like totally heartbroken that he didn't get gold by like five points or whatever. Um, this was the air. Yeah, this was the big air. And that competition, it's forever. Like, it's like, it's long. It's like two and a half hours to watch. And I, I don't understand why that is that long. And, and the vert <laughs> was over in like half an hour. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think it's impossible not to be pumped. I mean, if you haven't seen the big air ramp, you should Google it because it's enormous. Like, yeah, you can't not be pumped. You would just be so adrenalized, I think, going down, down that thing. I would be, I'd, I, I think I could go down it on a bike, maybe like yeah. on a BMX bike and then not hit the ramp. I couldn't hit the ramp. I, I definitely couldn't do that. But the idea of going down it on a skateboard is just insane to me. So is it, is I have it like it, a 50 foot drop or 30 foot drop or something. It, it's a scary drop. It's like I have a transition for you. I have two transitions that both involve Nyjah. If you're ready for a transition. Yeah, let's go. OK, so Nyjah, I think his name is Houston. Yeah. Houston. Uh, he did a uh, he did a Thrasher feature about two, in 2013 uh, when I was when I still had my subscription, um, and he said two things about skateboarding, the future of skateboarding. The first one was if it keeps going the way it's going, people are going to start dying, um, and he was sort of talking about uh, the, the need for bigger and bigger tricks to get sponsors, um, and I think these. These guys are all worried about sponsors, and that's why when they finish their run, even if they fell down, they sort of remember to put on their Monster Energy hat right, or whatever right. the other energy drink, Rockstar Energy. Um, this podcast brought to you by Rockstar Energy. Um, <laughs> or, or Red Bull. Or Red Bull, right. I want to exactly. leave my options open for sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was one thing he, he, one of the things he said that I, that I thought about actually kind of a lot um, when I was watching the Big Air replays. Um, and then the other thing he said which he apologized for. So maybe it's not like totally fair to bring it up, but, um, but I do think it's sort of, uh, there are resonances in this X games. He said that, um, that women shouldn't skateboard. That's a oh, paraphrase. Wow. Uh, and then he, he got, he got sort of the entire skateboard community. There aren't fines in skateboarding. So it wasn't like some organization fined him and made him apologize. Basically Ed Templeton and all these other skateboarders called him out on it. He was, he's young. You know, all the, a lot of these guys are like 19 or 20 and uh, they, they were like, hey, Nigel, what are you talking about? Like, look at all these amazing women skateboarders. And he, he issued an apology. So it was sort of, um, you know, that's nuts, whatever. But there is a lot of misogyny in skateboarding and there's a lot of sort of ridiculousness and homophobia, which is one of the reasons I stopped subscribing to some 
skateboard magazines because I just couldn't read these interviews over and over again. And then in this X Games, there was only one women's event. Um, and this, I know this, that there are women, the women's street skate final. The women's street skate final, which I kind of, that wasn't one that we were going to talk about, um, but I watched it because uh, just to sort of check out, there are some skaters that I follow on Instagram who are skating in it. And I found that those runs so refreshing um, compared to the men's street final. Um, there were some, there were, there were skateboarders who were sort of trying out new tricks. They were doing like Benny Hanna's and like oh, really nice. moves. They were like, just, just like hugging each other after every run. Um, and I don't know if that's sort of, uh, the kind of camaraderie you get when you are, uh, in a position where you only have what you're sort of like fighting. You're the underdogs at the X games. Cause the guys have all of these competitions and you're just in this one and you're all sort of, you know, uh, have, have this, you probably, I think they go to a lot of different competitions together and are all friends and stuff like that. Um, but I think that's sort of an interesting thing about the X Games. And like I said, I felt like the production quality was not as good for the women's street final, which was weird. Um, and and in general, sort of, they kept saying for all of the events, they kept saying, you know, uh, they kept, the announcers kept saying, yeah, we have a really great crowd today. You know, the, the stands are full. It's a sellout crowd. I don't know if you noticed when they panned, there were, the, the stands seemed like kind of like 70% empty. Yeah, there was a lot of grass in the fields. And... A lot of grass. So I just wonder, first of all, about the future of the X Games. And then because the X Games, their argument for all these women is once the ratings are there for women skateboarding, then we'll put in more competitions. I wonder if like that argument holds holds water at all. I don't anymore. I don't think it does. I think we should jump right into this into to yeah. the future of the X Games. And I think we, we I kind of talked about this a little bit in the winter X Games finalists. I think if that's their metric is, you know, ratings then yeah. this is destined to fail because yeah. it doesn't have the um, kind of the newness that it had in the late 90s where everyone was kind of really is a, a burgeoning, you know, punk skate moment. Um, that's all gone. You know, skating is is mainstream, you know. Yeah. Uh, so and then not to mention they're not they're not putting it on TV. So how can you expect to get ratings if you're putting it on the Longhorn Network at 930 yeah. Pacific Coast time? You know what I mean? Like they're setting it up to fail. And I, I just don't think ESPN is remotely interested in it. And what they are interested in is some of the more motorsport aspects of it. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, why you've got guys like NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace. I mean, they did a big whole promotional package for him, even though he like did not. Like he competed in the off-road trucking, but barely like he finished, yeah. you know, 10th or, or something like that. So they're very obviously trying to like gin up some interest in it. But I think that the ESPN interest in ratings is in direct conflict with everything that makes watching skateboarding interesting. I didn't even think the skateboarders were that interested in. I mean, I, I mentioned that earlier, but everybody just to me, there was like just this extreme lack of energy, which for skateboarding is just a, a killer. Yeah. Uh, except again in one run in the men's street, uh, the men's park course, which is sort of like, uh, looks like a skate park. Um, I don't know if you watched this run with Ben Rayburn who, uh, who's on toy machine. And I actually saw him skate at the Williamsburg skate park one time when I was going to go skate and he was ripping it up so hard that I sort of just 
stood back by a tree and watched yeah. him. It was amazing. But he did this run where it was like the Toyota sponsored skate park. So they had like some Toyota park somewhere. Um, and his whole, he like for, in his first run, he went straight for the car mm-hmm. and, uh, jumped on the car, did like a weird, like hand plant thing on the ground. And, uh, it was, it was, it was an indescribable move and it wasn't just me the announcers didn't know what to do with it and they were like uh he's he's utilizing the set pieces um and then he did this thing where he was sitting on his skateboard and and doing kind of hard tricks but that also uh showed that he didn't take the x games very seriously yeah um and i thought that was an amazing run because that was like this is what this is what skateboarding is about like he's doing cool stuff and he's he's not using the things he's supposed to use to do it um, and, and, and it was, it was like sort of the punk ethos of skateboarding, um, in the X games. And he, he definitely didn't meddle for it, Yeah, which is funny. And then, um, and then the women's street final, which was just like these, these skaters who, um, weren't wearing like monster energy gear. They were wearing like, they looked, they, they were wearing like dickies and, uh, and button up shirts and doing cool Benihana's and like high-fiving each other. Um, and that to me was like what skateboarding is. And the rest of the X Games just kind of like missed it as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Um, except for some of the cool Bob Burnquist stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. And, you know, I'm kind of curious. I know there's this was around last summer. Um, and I think it's might be on NBC Sports uh, or one of those uh, higher cable channels. But it's Street League Skateboarding. Have you uh, seen this? Yeah. yeah. I'm curious if maybe seen, if maybe that holds a little more water than than the X Games do at this point. I'm I'm interested to kind of check that out this summer. I think the skateboarders pay more attention to it, and they, the skateboarders also uh, pay attention to the Tampa Pro Am. And I mean, the the big honor in skateboarding is the Skater of the Year, um, which is a big thrasher thing. And once you get Skater of the Year, you basically have a ton of sponsorships, um, like and you're living large as a skateboarder for the next few years. So that's like the big thing because it's an influx of ongoing cash. Um, and the skater of the years, this, the past two that I can remember didn't even make it into the finals for the X games, which I mean, maybe they fell. I didn't watch the preliminaries, but it just seems like it's the, the wrong competition for skateboarding. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. One, one thing, one thing before just going back to the women's street final and, uh, there was the woman who won gold, Alexis Sablone. Um, this kind of blew my mind because I, I stopped subscribing to Thrasher and some other skateboard magazines because it was just the interviews were, uh, most of them were not great and there was a lot of sort of problematic elements um, in them. And the woman who won gold in uh, the Women's Street Final, uh, her bio, she's a pro skater and MIT graduate student who is only <laughs> able to skate between breaks in her schedule. That's I mean, awesome. like that's that to me is a much more interesting future of skateboarding. That's a skater after your own heart, Nick. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and she was she ripped. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm going to have to go back and watch the women's street skate final because it sounds like that was definitely an event worth checking out. Um, yeah. But before we go, I want to go home on this. I forgot to mention it uh, earlier when I was talking about the off-road trucking. But my I think my favorite <laughs> moment, and I'm being sarcastic here, but is definitely my favorite moment of the X Games was okay. finding out that the band Live with uh, famous for their their song or their album Throwing Copper. You remember mm. Live? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they sponsored an off-road truck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> so you would just you just see the truck, you know, every couple of minutes to just say live. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the X game seems like, you know, there's a lot of sponsorship money. They seem like they have lower production values. Maybe the big game can have a truck next year. Oh, that's such a great idea. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. Maybe I can. You know what I want is I want the like the guy that puts the hat on at the end of the run. I want mm-hmm. to say the big game. Yeah, that's and what, that's what I'm going for. He's scared that you're watching and you're going to pull sponsorship if he doesn't wear that hat. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe I can get Rusty Wallace to wear a big game hat. That'd be great. You know, every time I hear Rusty Wallace, I think of that uh, that musical, uh, Call Me Rusty If You Must. <laughs> give, give, give us a few bars. Yeah, uh, it goes, Call Me Rusty If You Must. Dun, 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 dun. It's about trains. It's a musical about trains. You know, you can just embed the video in this if you want. <laughs> fantastic all right well let's go out on that note thank you nick for coming to talk about the summer x games thanks for having me this was fun all right talk to you soon all right everybody thanks for listening to the big game if you haven't yet subscribe on itunes leave a review if you like what you hear drop us a line on twitter at big game pod and check out all of our past episodes at biggamepod.com Next week, we'll finally be getting around to the NBA Finals and the NHL Stanley Cup. So stay tuned for more next week on The Big Game.